Hello, Hushlings. Welcome back to another edition of Declassified Discussions. I'm Mystery Mike. I'm Slick Frank Sanders. And I'm Declassified Dave. Tonight, we are joined by a video producer, content creator, with a YouTube channel covering the Illuminati, conspiracies, and pretty much shadow banned content. He's also the author of Illuminati Book. The book covers predictive programming, COVID-19, economic collapse, psyops, food shortages, race riots, and so much more. So essentially all the stuff that we're into. Hushlings yeah. and Hushtillians, please welcome Donut. Yo, what up? It's Donut. And what's up, Hushtillians? I'm grateful to be here. We are glad to have you. Thank you yes. for being here. Before we get started, please let our cult member, I mean our listeners, know where they can find all of your stuff and everything about you and what Donut is all about. Yes, you can find me. Just Google YouTube Donut, but I spell it D-O-E, like dough, money, or whatever you want. What up, dough? D-O-E-N-U-T. It's funny because you brought up that book. Illuminati book and like that's what I call it Illuminati book because it's just a great name but what that is is pretty much a pdf I wrote in March right when the world was locked down and two years ago and I just got all my thoughts in my head from looking at the topics for a long time and just got it out there immediately so it's pretty short but it pretty much is really good on what where we're at now but so many things have past since that came out so i've been working on a bigger illuminati book which should be out in spring very that's nice awesome. yeah that's that's exciting frank just bought us all a copy of it oh thank you yeah yeah we yeah. grabbed three copies of the book one for each of us and then a fourth that we're going to do as a giveaway once this episode airs that should be pretty cool but to crack into the conversation here, could you give us some light on the inspiration that made you want to create this channel, your website, and even go on to write your book? Sure. I've been doing video production my whole life, ever since a kid growing up in Vegas. And I graduated and went to hip hop, did hip hop music videos with some amazing underground producers, big time producers. And then I worked for a YouTube channel, a news agency, sort of, like an underground one, and did that for eight years and learned about geopolitics. But this whole time I was doing that, I was obsessed with Jordan Maxwell videos, Tessarian videos, anything that made my mind open and I felt there was truth in it. And then the world locked down. And then I was like, I'm make some videos on it just because I felt obligated to. And then they picked up some traction. So I said, okay, I'm going to sell my crypto and quit my job and just do this full time. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing for the last two years. Is And I I feel like when I wrote that book that you got, I'm so much more advanced now because things go so deep down the rabbit hole. And we'll probably get into that stuff tonight. Yeah, I'm sure we will, definitely. Do you think that there was maybe just a linchpin moment, you know, maybe something that you had read or something that you had clarity on that all of a sudden you're like, I got to do this. This is what's going to propel me to the next step. There's been a lot of things like that throughout my life over and over again. The red pill awakening process 
is different, but it's sort of the same. We're all the same, right? We all have the same DNA, sort of, but we're individuals. We have different thumbprints. But emotionally, Pavlov's dog, we're all pretty predictive of what we're going to do. And going down the rabbit hole, it's sort of the same story where people kind of get paranoid or angry or freaked out. And I've been looking up this stuff for so long from music, from punk rock music to hip hop, talking about Illuminati, being woken up to it. Then Alex Jones putting out Endgame or videos like that in 2008. And you're like, oh, wow. Or David Icke putting out something. You kind of wake up, go back to sleep, wake up, go back to sleep. But what really was that linchpin moment that you're saying is that the name of the lockdowns was named after the sun and the crown and all my Jordan Maxwell research kind of kicked in there. And then that was kind of that moment where I was like that crown symbolism that I've been looking at and researching it's on the world stage now. And this is huge. Can you elaborate on the music industry? Because we just did a Tavistock Institute episode recently, and we had talked about like the Beatles and what was some other bands that we had talked about? Was it other like was it the Pink? Rolling Stones, uh, the Grateful Dead, just some invasion bands that were created, supposedly created by the Tavistock Institute to kind of lead the counterculture so that Tavistock and the CIA could control both ends of the argument when it came to the counterculture and war protesting. Because I have seen a few of your videos, and I know you mentioned Blink-182, and I'm really intrigued by that. Like, I know Tom DeLonge's connections with whatever his UAP, UFO stuff is, the To the Stars Academy. But that's really intrigued me when one of your videos, you said Blink-182. Obviously, you can see a clear, maybe a, a clear connection with like Manson and, and stuff that's real, real heavy. But I never thought about Blink-182. So if you could definitely elaborate on that a little bit, I think Absolutely. people find that very interesting. Yeah, that's what I find interesting, too, is the Illuminati celebrities is what I like to call it. The Illuminati celebrities. The CIA has infiltrated modern art back in the Cold War. Art is symbology. Symbols speak to us. Even the letters that we read, each letter is a symbol. It speaks to our subconscious mind. Even back if cavemen are real, cavemen would draw on the walls symbols and art. And we see these symbols going all the way back to Samaria and Babylon and today we still have these symbols and the artists are like mystics. There's more people that show up to a Blink-182 concert than a Joe Biden rally. The artists have a lot of power. And Donald Trump, for example, was good friends with Michael Jackson because of this reason alone. He would be in debt and with bankers and they were scary bankers. But when he brought Michael Jackson around, they got stage fright and nervous. Like when you meet a celebrity, you get nervous and you start shaking. That happened to me a lot because I was in the music industry and I would meet celebrities I looked up to and grew up listening to. And I would be so nervous I couldn't talk. So they have this mystic element to them. They have a lot of power and control. So the CIA or governments are going to want to have their hands on them. So they put out messages they want, this counterculture. The whole hippie movement was 
SCIA program with LSD and Astid. The Tavis stock sounds a lot like Travis Scott. There's a satanic element in it as well. Travis Scott's birthday is the same day the satanic temple was founded in San Francisco. San Francisco with John Lennon. He moved there, I believe, and there's so much numerology and numbers. John Lennon's life was controlled by the number nine, he said, and Paul McCartney. Like, they were huge, and they had people under mind control. People would piss their pants at their concert. They had cleanup crews cleaning up all the piss and crap all over the floor from the girls soiling themselves, at, looking at them. And they were the query boys. They were this wholesome group. And then Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band came out, which I uh, a great album. But Sgt. Pepper's is Aleister Crowley, like the way the numbers align. Because this gets really deep with Tavistock and the CIA and controlling. So I'm kind of trying to wind it up how it's, it's all playing out together. Using the celebrities to influence the mystic culture and LSD. And this was a big part of Charles Manson. You probably covered in the last video. In Charles Manson's Helter Skelter scenario, where the White Album, which was the ninth studio album, ended the hippie movement with Charles Manson. And Charles Manson's Helter Skelter scenario was going to be a race war. And the album was speaking to him to have this set of events go off. And I still think that's in play today. It just didn't happen the way they thought it would. These celebrities are definitely connected with it. With Blink-182, you're telling me the singer of Blink-182 has his hands on CIA Pentagon files to release the UAP reports. That makes no sense. I don't trust anybody that is part of secret societies. Not saying that that's a bad thing, like at all, like being, being like in some secret society or whatever. But when you're on a world stage with power and you're connected with the alphabet boys, like the CIA, how the heck am I going to trust any information that you're putting out there? So it's like questioning it all. That was always my biggest beef when it came to, to the stars Academy and Tom Long is how is this guy? Like you said, just, he has access to all these things. He's sitting down with government officials. He's getting all this disclosure. Why him? Him of all people, why? Because he's attached to this organization that supposedly has all these retired astrophysicists and whatnot. But where's the connect there? I don't see that. You mentioned something that's very interesting, and it kind of clicked in my head, that when you see the Beatles and you see all these bands and people, you know, like you said, going crazy, girls pissing themselves and crying and passing out. You saw the same thing with Elvis Presley. You saw along those lines, Rolling Stones, as we mentioned. But nowadays, you don't see that happening. That's not a thing anymore. And I wonder why that's not a thing anymore. I wonder what the difference was between back then and now, was it just the initial shock of the new music, of something, of a sound, and something that they had never heard or seen before that just really sent them over the top? I mean, the same thing happened with Michael Jackson, but that's, to my knowledge, the most recent musical icon that's had an effect like that on the audience. What do you think is happening there? Why is there a disconnect there? Well, there was only a few stations back in those days, right? They didn't have a lot. So there was more hype on a certain album, a certain group to get to that power structure. 
of entertainment, you're pretty much chosen. And today we have the internet, so anybody can see. Anybody be- can become a star these days. And I think that the that plays a big part in it. Plus the drugs that they push today is an acid and LSD. The drugs they push today are big pharmaceuticals, which kind of numbs you out, gives you no emotion. So why would somebody who has depleted all emotions out of their body, the emotions, the emotions get harbored in there, but they numb it out with these really hard drugs. So if they did see the celebrity they like, they just be like, coo, coo, you know, I think that's why. While we're on the subject of the music industry, on the other end of the spectrum, you have the artist's they're not taking that contract with the bad guys, right? They're not selling their souls. They're not taking whatever shit they have to throw at them, whether it be the money, the promises of the cars and the houses. And you're seeing a lot of these artists dying. Do you think there's any like foul play happening? Any sort of occult, satanic rituals or something along those lines? Or do you think it's just all perfectly natural? Well, sacrifice has been something that the humans have been doing forever. The humans, like I'm an alien, the humans have been sacrificing forever to appease their gods. So they would cut out the hearts on top of the pyramid and the blood would go down and the grass and then the trees would grow bigger because of the phosphorus and the blood. And so they were like, yo, the trees are growing bigger every time we sacrifice people, throw them in a volcano or whatever they did. And... So it's been in our like our brains forever, but today is different. There's something different today that we don't do those things. Like people have been cannibalizing people, Genghis Khan times, eating each other. But we're all in a society today. We're all cool today. So I think it is in like the DNA of people to be crazy like that. Just to kind of put it in perspective, because it sounds wild. Are they sacrificing these artists? You got the 27 Club, right? There's a lot of documents that go back to the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones, Brian, I believe his name was. He was part of the 27 Club. The Rolling Stones play a big role in the satanic agenda and the ending of the hippie movement with the Altamont, which was filmed by George Lucas. A lot of people don't know there's a connection to Hollywood, George Lucas. George Lucas's light work studio is at Presidio Ranch where the Satanic Temple is set. Michael Aquino built his FBI psychological warfare with the government. There's this huge network connection. So these sacrifices, I do think they are at play because there's just so much documentation, especially it's not just a recent phenomenon. Like with Takeoff being assassinated, there's a code in it. He died November 1st, which was so when. And then you see that these people die on these certain dates. And it lines up with the dates of ancient holidays where they would do rituals and sacrifices. It's just very strange. One of your recent videos, and I think in the last last month or so, that When We Were Young Festival, I went to that, the one this year. And it was very interesting that something that happened, one, obviously, it's the same company. Originally, Live Nation owns that. And is the same company that put on the Travis Scott concert, Astroworld, where all that horrible shit went down. 
And I would say it was probably ran very similar from being there and expecting like 30, 40,000 people and actually having like 80 to 90,000 people there and not really having really any security or direction. But now after the fact, I'm seeing all these bands that we grew up with 20 years ago that were literally just probably not a part of this whole system that we're talking about. But now they're charging not $25 at the door, but to play a regular venue, 100, 200, 300, 400. It's almost like ever since this concert happened that boom, every one of these bands, almost like what you're saying, not saying these bands have done it, but almost like they've all jumped on board of this big takeover because people are paying this money to go see a band in a club that would normally cost 15 to $30 and they're paying 100 to $400 for a general admission pit ticket. And it's almost like, I gotta see them. It almost feels like they've pushed the nostalgic value on purpose, especially our generation being you know in our mid-30s. So that was one thing I noticed is that the ticket hikes were insane. It's crazy. The music industry stuff that we've covered with the 27 Club and that we've covered we did cover some Manson stuff and then the Tavistock Institute. And now some of the newer stuff that I'm hearing is shocking. That's all I did in Vegas was go to concerts. And there's a big thing with the inflation as well. So a hundred dollar ticket is like 15 bucks when we were younger. So yeah, I mean, you got this inflation thing going and if you're in a group, you got to split it with like five people or pay the merch people. So like, Things are going up in price, but $43,000, that's insane. Or even 600 bucks to see AFI, that's pretty insane. That Travis Scott concert, he's wearing the Pearl Jam t-shirt. And Pearl Jam had the same thing happen at their concert where people were crushed. But the same thing happened with The Who, I believe. And then 33 years later, they performed at like a Masonic temple. But it's interesting when you look into it, people want to escape. That's another thing that the art lets people escape in a healthy way. Well, speaking along the lines of music, a little current event with what's going on with Kanye West. Now, I know that you were speaking about him and some of the things that he might be involved with, especially with everything that's going on with him. Give us your thoughts on what's going on with Kanye West. In Donut's mind, what's happening there? Okay, well, I'm biased because I'm Jewish, raised Jewish, going to temple, had bar mitzvah. And what I don't like is for the last few years, I've been making videos like, yo, Kanye, F these people, get away from dub. Like he was pissing on his Grammys. I'm like, you're a genius. Piss on that Grammy. F Pete Davidson, F the Kardashians or whatever. And what I liked about Jordan Maxwell is that he always kind of went after religion institutions and he made a very clear i'm not talking about the people i'm talking about the institutional corporation just like the music industry these artists are a corporation they're corporations it's not just kanye he's not an individual sole proprietor he's got a whole billion dollar network at play that's connected to politics it's connected to mind control. It's connected to Jay-Z. It's connected to secret societies. So with Kanye going against the people, and then he's got everybody's like, he's not going against the people. He's talking about these certain groups. That's great. You know, he probably is, you know, 
but the masses of people aren't going to look into that and it's just going to create more division. So from my research, what I've come to find is that there's a satanic elite that worship, I guess, an evil agenda. You could call it set as in Egyptian, you got horse and set every single different religion. They hide behind a and they can disguise themselves and they just switch religions when they need to. They're not dedicated to the religion itself. So I believe that Kanye is just part of divisiveness. The Illuminati roll stuff out in hundred centuries, right? In a century, a hundred year goals. So in a hundred years from now, when we're all dead and gone, there's going to be the left and the right. Well, the Kardashian Kanye bloodline, Kanye West's bloodline is mixed in with the witches now with the Kardashians. So when Kanye's gone and Kim Kardashian's gone, their bloodline's still going to be here and they're going to have power in both camps in the left camp and the right camp now. So that's how I'm looking at this whole thing. Isn't that kind of how it's always been? People just preserving their bloodlines to be more victorious and continue on. The politics are obviously completely different now than they were a thousand years ago, but that's the main goal for most of these people. And I mean, obviously for most people too, you don't want to have two boys and all of a sudden they just don't make any kids anymore and bloodline's dead. Don't take this the wrong way, hushlings. But it doesn't mean that much to the common folk like us to keep our bloodlines going to these people when it's just a long chain that just continues. If Kanye and Kim Kardashian's bloodline continues for the next thousand years, that's success. Ours could just fizzle out, but they make sure that that happens. That's along the same lines as like really powerful families, the Rockefellers, all those different great families. They're the same way. They keep their bloodline going, but they also keep their family strong and they keep their family moving along throughout these generations to keep that power and to keep building that wealth and building that power over time. But I think what Dave missed in what you were saying, Donna, is that Kanye West and Kim Kardashian uh, made Northwest and she is the Antichrist. <laughs> well, think about this, the wealth, You're, the wealth, you got these elite families, right? You got the crown kind of bringing it from the beginning. The crown locked down everything. The crown is who has the commonwealth. The commonwealth means you can own land. We can't own land because we're monsters in Black's Law. And a monster is a human at birth who can't hear to any land unless married into the bloodline. This is what the movie Avatar is about and Pocahontas is about marrying into power. So we're monsters. We don't have the commonwealth. We can't own land. We got to pay property taxes. And these elites are using these celebrities like Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, or any other artist in the simulacrum of an ideal image of a poster for us to imitate. So we go to the mall or look at a magazine. And this has been in the game since the 40s with 17 magazine you know that came out during a war era to keep people in that group of being a teenager forever in the p 
posters and the billboards, like in the movie Fight Club, where they're like, is this what a man really looks like? And then it cuts the next scene to Brad Pitt with a shirt off, all tough and stoic. They are the image, the ideal image for society to imitate. So this whole Tavistock institution, the elites, the Rockefellers, psychology, it all works together for a certain mission. Who aims to benefit from it? And it's Northwest, the Antichrist. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think the mission is? I think it's just transhumanism. I think it's just a hundred year mission. I don't think it's anything that deep along the lines. You got Frankenstein book came out in the 1800s, kind of about transhumanism, predictive programming, total Illuminati influence there. If you look into that story, and I think it's just a hundred years from now with Elon Musk, Elon Musk brain chips, the Kardashians are known for body modifications and normalizing it. It's totally normal to get weird like implants now. Totally okay. Something so unnatural is normal. It's like, oh, that's normal. Like nothing wrong with that. It's that ideal image and it's going to be connected with that transhumanism microchip kind of stuff. I like your thought process a lot and I think it's important for anybody digging into the truth to accept this as fact and really not emphasize too much on the nitty-gritty details of a certain situation. Do your due diligence, research things, but don't get sucked too far down into one particular rabbit hole. You just connected transhumanism to Frankenstein in the 1800s. And with that sort of thought process, you can look at things now and make educated guesses as to where they're going a hundred years from now. And that makes it that much easier to sort of connect the dots between certain situations or certain conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call it. Look at the bigger picture and don't hyper focus into the little things, you know? Well said. Yeah, that's exactly it, dude. Thank you so much for the compliment and pointing that out because that's really what it is. Like I, you get, we get locked into emotion when Kanye was saying all that stuff. I got all emotional and I'm like, Oh my God, ah, this is how people feel though. If you're a leftist, right? You're like total leftist. You're, you're probably emotional all day because of everything going on in the internet. And so anybody on a world stage pushing some emotionally charged stuff keeps us just locked into what's going on right now and not able to step back. That's why comedy is the most masculine quality being funny. Girls like a guy who's funny, right? Why they always say, why, why is that? And not like goofy, but just funny, like being able to tell jokes because that's a masculine quality where you can step back from the painting of life, right? And see the bigger picture. Like, oh, this is silly. Frankenstein's crazy. Uh, do you know a lot about the Frankenstein story? I'm familiar with it, yeah. I'd say Mike is probably, he's a big, big horror guy. He enjoys all that. I'm a huge horror guy. I love horror, so I make my videos all creepy because I love horror. Well, that's a funny thing that you bring that up is horror. And I was thinking along the lines of movies and predictive programming. And we've spoken about it before, how a lot of the action and violence 
hyperviolence even is thrown in our face to desensitize us to what's going on around us. If, you know, an entire village in a third world country is drone struck, we just shrug our shoulders and go, oh, whatever. A lot of the media is made especially that way so that we look at these things and we're very just cold to it all because we've seen it so much. It's just nonstop, nonstop. That's why when you watch a movie and you go, oh, well, you know, the kills weren't that great. The violence wasn't that great. It was so-so. It wasn't as violent as it, you know, and then there's other people that would go in and say it's ultra-violent. So there's varying degrees, I think, that people are falling into this predictive programming where they are seeing a lot of this violence and they're just ignoring the violence of real life because they can't connect the two. They see them as violence is violence. They can't differentiate between this is real life and this is what's what you're seeing in a movie and they're two very different things. It's kind of something that we see across the board with a lot of different medias and a lot of different distractions that were thrown in our face. We even talked about the most recent obsession with cannibalism, as you mentioned, cannibalism earlier, Jeffrey Dahmer. There's always this obsession with Jeffrey Dahmer. How many Dahmer movies, shows, documentaries have been made over this guy? And more cannibal-themed movies and shows are coming out more and more and more. Is that part of predictive programming also? Are we seeing something that we're getting ready, we're being prepped to see? And that's a scary thought. That's a scary thought. I think it runs deep. I believe that that is predictive programming, desensitizing, absolutely 100%. I think it goes even deeper too. I think that the Americans and uh, just humans in general all over the world, doesn't matter what country you're in, they are violent and they love death and sex. The elite, evil, right? But also... Other people in the world that aren't the elite are just as evil. Who's going to be eating each other? I don't think the Rothschilds are going to come out of their cave and come eat me, right? I'm more scared of uh, the dude down the street going to eat me. You know what I mean? And violence is kind of what people like. They want it. The gladiator games, the movies. Alfred Hitchcock's first smash was Psycho, had sex and violence. It's kind of like the basic programming that humans seem to like. The sacrifices in the town square where they would hang people or cut off their head. Everybody in the town would gather to see it. They all loved it. They're like, yes, <laughs> off with their head. I think that it's a spiritual disease going on worldwide. And there's this fight of good and evil. And I think it is very simple. I think... Simplicity is divinity. Divinity is simplicity. Keep it simple. It's like a test. Like we're in this spiritual thing right now. But I do know that when I am a decent human being, my life in serenity is pretty nice. And when I am more evil, let's say, my life isn't as nice. I have to look behind my back if somebody's going to get me. I think it just goes really, really deep into some spiritual stuff. I think there's the predictive programming. Yes. But I think it goes even deeper into something bigger than thing that uh, elite could c create. You mentioned division too. Obviously, there's as much as I can remember, at least in my lifetime, we're the most divided. Just putting our country into a mix. When it comes to COVID and that whole thing, obviously the conspiracy of it, of how it originated, 
we're kind of leaning more towards fact of how we figured out what's going on, where and when is a little bit more debatable with a lot of people. The COVID situation was completely politicized and you almost have the same parallels with left and right, vaccinated, unvaccinated, unmasked, masked. So do you think that was more of a division tactic other than a culling or could it have been a mixture of both? Well, when you're, we were in it, it was kind of freaky, right? You're like, what's going on? That emotionally thing that we're talking about, can we, let's look and see if we could see even further down the road. But when we're in the shit, when we're in life, it's kind of hard to get a, a God's view perspective from above and see what's really playing out. And now my thoughts on it are totally different than they were when it was going on. I'm thinking that that was just a simulation, an AI algorithm studying the world as a Petri dish and everyone agreed to it. You got all the world governments not fighting, right? You got the whole Russia thing in America. No one was fighting when this was going on. Sure, there was riots in the streets and stuff like that. But we didn't hear the stories of world powers wanting to launch off a World War III scenario. And I believe that they all just agreed, yo, we're going to do this. We created this. We're ready to release it. We all agree, kind of like the Antarctic Treaty. They all agree there to not do stuff there. I think that they all agreed to let this happen for some sort of AI algorithm simulation for something that we don't know. It could be the zombie thing for all we know. That They're like, what would happen if the zombie thing went down? How are we going to play this out? It could be anything, but I do think that that could be in play too with it. I mean, with the technology that they got, why wouldn't they? It's frightening. While you're talking about AI, I have to mention, I listened to one of your videos about the upcoming food shortages. And you were talking about something that I haven't heard a lot about, and that was how AI like Lambda or I think it was open AI might have a part in all of that. And that was new to me. So it might be new to a lot of our other listeners. Can you break down that connection a little bit? Sure. You know, I was like, yo, the food shortage is going to happen. Just look at everything going on. And they didn't happen, right? They were able to make it not happen, but the story is still relevant. So I keep it up on the channel because there's some good information, but AI in numerology, A is one, I is nine, 19. You got the whole 19 thing going on. You got 19 hijackers on nine, one, one, the one nines, the nine ones, these numbers show up everywhere. But AI is the beast that Elon said, we've unleashed the beast or something. He summoned the beast. He said that with AI. What is AI? What are these quantum computers? Nobody really knows what quantum is. When someone's like, I'm a quantum this, that just means I don't know what the heck I am because it's kind of undefinable. And they put these D-wave computers underneath the ground, way deep underneath the ground kind of like in Hades, in hell, because it gets so hot. So is this kind of something that we've had, this technology, thousands and thousands of years ago in all the stories that were being told? Like Noah's Ark, right? Like how you fit everybody on a big boat? What if it was just genetic samples of every creature on the earth, right? With AI, 
they can study stuff so deeply with the haptech technologies with Twitter. Elon, who says that we unleash the beast, he purchased Twitter for the data, saying it's for free speech, but really it's for the haptech technology and the hive mind studying the group. Twitter can predict civil unrest before the police can. They know what's going to happen before it happens with these algorithms that they run test runs on. So you got companies like Peter Thiel's Gotham, which is a military program that runs simulations to see the best outcome. And I believe that these mematics, warfare, memes, situations, even Kanye going after whatever he does, I believe he ran simulations. And they run simulations to see, yo, this will give me the best possible result if I do this. It's good stuff with the AI, though, because when we were doing our Tavistock Institute episode, we were questioning whether all of the stuff that's happening that we look at as, okay, what's the deeper meaning to this? What's the agenda to this? Are they just throwing scenarios at society just to see what happens in the name of science, random shit like COVID, food shortages, the elections, whatever it may be, just to see what happens? Or is it something like you said, more along the lines of AIs running simulations and they can go, okay, well, this situation is going to take us to where we're trying to get 100 years from now as efficient as possible. It might look random, but it's actually really well thought out and this is going to be efficient and effective for us. That's some crazy shit. Or like you said, it's a fuck it and find out. It could be. It could be. Yeah. There's a famous quote that whatever happens in politics on the world stage, whatever happens, it was supposed to happen. Like it's all planned out. I think they know what they're doing. I think the whole Dogecoin meme of Elon Musk being the Dogecoin, the Doge father, I believe that was an algorithm that he ran with Peter Till to be like, yo, we need to push the CBDCs, crypto. We need to get that in the minds of the masses. I've been going to crypto conventions from like eight years ago before it was in the minds of the masses. And now everybody knows what crypto is. Everyone knows what Bitcoin is, Dogecoin, Sheep, all that. So it was a perfect simulation to get people introduced to a CBDC. After all of the research and work you've done of looking into all this stuff, what do you think's next? Do you think that there is a possible something at the step up of what we're saying? Maybe not a a T-virus like we have in Resident Evil, but maybe something even more, I guess, wild, like a Project Bluebeam, like a fake invasion, fake nuclear bomb, fake asteroid impact to get everybody under one centralized portion of a government. Because you did mention a couple minutes ago of how during COVID, that was the one point where all these governments were like, all right, let's just do this together. It was apparent, definitely apparent. Yeah, what's next is usually what you don't expect. It's a movie script being played out. And any good movie has the element of surprise. Even strategic warfare, the element of surprise, it's got to shock the world. Like, did anybody expect the lockdowns to happen or 9-11 to happen when it happened? The world did not expect those things. You got people that were looking into the research like, yo, this is what they're planning. 
and they they were able to, but not the masses. So I think it's just whatever we least expect that will happen. It's probably going to be a cyber polygon event, something with the internet. That just seems like the biggest one to happen. That would be catastrophic for our society. It doesn't even have to happen. They could yeah. just tell us it happened, right? It could just be a lie that we're showing on TV saying that is going on. And the masses would eat it up because they know no other source of information other than mainstream media and what they're being told on their televisions. And also the movements get hijacked like a COINTELPRO. So even the alternative stuff, you got to question too. I was always worried when it came to crypto. I tried my hand at it. I bought and made a little bit of cash off of NFTs and stuff like that. But realistically, like the conspiracy part of me sees crypto as an introduction to digital currency, worldwide digital currency. And for a while, it looked like that was what was going to happen. That was the move that was going to happen. You see the Fed thinking that they were going to create their own coin and that they were going to use it in, instead of fiat. And you've seen it for years as we use less and less cash. Now we're using debit cards. We're using credit cards. We're using to, to the point now where we're using our phones just with the NFC chips in them. We're able to pay for stuff without even having to touch cash. I can't even remember the last time that I touched cash except for a birthday card. And then you look at, like you said, the COVID scenario and all these governments coming together to kind of solve this problem. Is that in itself something that was a psyop to try to convince the masses that a one world government is something that could be viable? If we all brought each other together, if we all put our heads together and we put our governments together and we put our resources together, we can solve anything. Even this incredibly dangerous virus that killed all of us, you know, how much of the stuff that we're seeing is more towards control in general and all these things that we've been saying for years and people have told us, hey, that's a conspiracy. That could never happen. That could never happen. But in reality, it's been happening slowly but surely over time. Yeah, the whole crypto stuff, it works better. Um, it's just the way that it's going to go. You know, people are like, oh, it's a scam and it's not going anywhere. It's the second layer of the internet. It's like the internet's not going anywhere. I think they'll do a reset, get rid of all the information out there. And the second layer will be the blockchain. It's just new technology. And with anything is a double-edged sword. So it could be used for good, right? Internet cool i love internet like it's fun to learn all the stuff in the world and with crypto you can be your own banking system so there's all this good stuff but obviously that's not going to be allowed i talked to this dude jim rogers when i was working for this company with crypto stuff and we were in singapore and i was hired as a videographer and jim rogers he worked with george soros and we were like yo bitcoin bro like this was years ago before the bull market We're like bro you need to buy bitcoin what are you doing um and he's all like no because the government has the guns and who has the guns makes the rules and that kind of that makes a lot of sense to me but i think xrp is going to be playing a big role in the financial system so with stellar too because their connections with ibm do you think that's why the government came so hard at xrp and why it kind of stalled out because of the government sanctions that were against it, as opposed to 
every other coin that existed. For some reason, they came after XRP. Yeah, now everyone's like, XRP is is the truth coin, in a sense, because if it's not like freedom, then why is the government... XRP is a total New World Order currency. So you get the SEC suing them. You can't get it anymore, really, unless in other countries. So during that bull run, it only went up to like two bucks when Bitcoin went to 69,000, which was posted by Elon right before it. He showed the 69 because that's his thing. It's the top of the royal art in Freemasonry, the 69, and then it goes down. There's a lot of symbolism at play with crypto. It's the new layer, but I think that Ripple is going to be a big part of it with other currencies as well. Ripple was part of the World Economic Forum, and so was this FTX that collapsed. They were part of the World Economic Forum as well. You can't trust that. Uh, it's, it's just very, very strange. But the whole thing with Ripple, it's based off of water. It's a bridge currency and the bridge goes over the water. The whole banking system is maritime law. You've got the law of the land and the law of the water, admiralty law. And that's what the banking system's all about with the liquid assets and the cash flow and the current sea. We're all dead at sea. There's just so much to it. And Ripple's the only one that has this water symbolism in it. Even the lady on the board is on our money. If you look at the $100 bills, Rosa Rios and her name, Rosa Rios, Rios's river. So I'd look at that stuff. It sounds crazy. Like, yo, make a bet on that, you know. <laughs> that numerology shit always throws me off because you can't help but just let your jaw drop a little bit once you see all the connections. Yeah, and it's also there's so much stretching, and hopefully I'm not stretching. I try to keep it as basic as possible with just like certain numbers. Some people are like, "Yo, you see the seven and the two and three with three and two and seven with this with this cipher and this and that." It's just like what? Like anybody could do. I try to keep it simple with just three two two stuff like that. Those numbers. Yeah, once it turns into a calculus equation, then it's a little bit less valid. But I've got a little bit of a left turn for you in my endeavors in your YouTube channel. I came across your video on the purple LED lights, and I, I got to let you know, one of these just popped up very close to me, and it's the only one that I've found, and every time I drive by it, we're always so confused, like, what's the purpose of this? They could easily do that with the same kind of bulbs that they have at Walmart, the big bright white ones this parking lot just looks super weird because it's illuminated a bright purple or bluish what is the purpose of those and explain how those are kind of sprouting out in communities well the story they tell us is that they're defective light bulbs and they're going to just be popping up all over the world but the purple led lights it's just interesting like what are they there's so many different things with light bulbs and that video i did was on lights and how they could use that for mind control so we see the purple lights popping up but that video was about how they've done scientifically they've done this already where they can mind control people rats and people with led lights and then it goes even deeper how you can see different types of proteins in people when they got this light i don't know if what it's called but 
it makes them glow when you have this bacteria in it and you see fish sometimes glowing and whatever like that. Is that like the bioluminescence you see then in the water, like the similar, similar process to what happens to the human body under these lights? Right. And so if this purple light is shining on them, then we could glow if we have a certain protein in us. And that goes down a whole another rabbit hole. But like the movie Men in Black, when they flash the light and the person forgets his memory and they replace the memory, these movies are telling us the truth. They've done that. It's called optogenetics, where they can change your memory through light bulbs and flashing lights too goes into MK Ultra mind control, just like Clockwork Orange with the ultraviolence, where they mind control him to not like violence by playing all the violent stuff. And it goes into the flashing lights, people getting seizures watching it, <laughs> the Beyonce music videos. They warn you, yo, you can get seizures from all the flashing of the lights. So I'm kind of connecting the purple lights popping up. Why are they doing that? And connecting to real life science that they're doing with mind control and optogenetics. So essentially just de degrading people's mind state to make them more susceptible to being easily influenced well it's yeah so that's what the tv does right the flicker rate with the television it does exactly that and now we have phones everywhere like what it's just questioning the reality like there's more at play than we know we even just light in general is weird we only see such a small fraction of visible light in the lighting spectrum we had matt landman on and he came on and he was talking about light pollution and these ultraviolet lights. And purple is kind of on that spectrum of being close to ultraviolet in itself. He would talk about how these LED lights were replacing the street lights around his house. And he would have bad nights of sleep or he would wake up and feel agitated and he'd feel like shit all the time because of these lights. And he had to go and he got the blackout curtains and all of a sudden he started feeling better. I wonder how much of that is also at play with using these purple lights and being close to that ultraviolet spectrum of color. Like Frank said, is it affecting people in a certain way? Is it affecting their brains and their thought patterns and their moods and just everything in general that may be negatively affecting things in their everyday lives just by parking in a parking lot? You never know. Matt had said too in that episode, he actually lived in the same neighborhood that I live in currently and the streetlights. I can definitely vouch for what he said because all the lights in this city are led there's nothing that's not led and now they're even talking about bringing back the smart street lights the ones that listen to you facial recognition cameras can find you they're claiming to use it to to find the bad guys first like mike was saying too and you guys were talking about the flicker rates the blue light that emanates off of our phones that's why there might be blue light filters but are they actually doing anything if that's part of the whole the whole plan we're staring at computers all day we're staring at screens our cars even have led screens in them now so it's gotten to the point where it is just our kids are blasted glued to tablets and tvs and between the flicker rates and the frequencies of music the sound and the visual there's got to be something to that because most of us live in major cities and 
we see the lights. A place like Las Vegas, like the lights, man. It's a mind fuck in itself just to be there, especially at night. And I couldn't imagine that everything changing to LED is definitely some type of weird thing that's happening. Because I'm sure that this didn't happen when people were using oil lamps on the street. They were probably doing something else, but probably not, you know. Walking Messing around with, with candles. Eyes. Yeah, just like, look at my flame. <laughs> yeah, the, we'll think about the fire. It flickers and you tell a story over the campfire. And we've been doing this forever. That's how we survived was to keep it warm with the fire and warding off all the animals or whatever. And that's sort of like the television, but just different. That incandescent lighting I like to have in my house because it is more like a fire but yeah those led lights they're tricking our brain just it's so weird i did this other breakdown on it i did it on my private page and this guy was breaking down how the lights were not actually seeing what it is so like the flicker rate i'm gonna destroy this but people could look into it more that the led lights or some sort of light like that it gives, or fluorescent, that's what I meant, fluorescent lighting. It's actually green. So we're seeing green everything, but our eyes, it's tricking our eyes the way it flickers. So we're not actually seeing what we're seeing. That's why we kind of look weird in a store when it's fluorescent. Like at a Walgreens or something, or a Walmart. Is that why everybody looks like they have jaundice when they walk into a Walgreens? Yeah, yeah, I don't know why they do do that. <laughs> like, uh, I I hate going to clothing stores because I go and try on their clothes, and the the freaking lighting makes me look terrible. And like, I don't buy anything because I'm like, oh, this is I look terrible. I'm just gonna go home and cry. <laughs> I wonder if that's why they use the fluorescent lighting in office buildings and stuff, just to make you feel like you want to die every day sitting in a cubicle. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The whole light stuff is interesting and the ultraviolet like you're saying the purple chakra is the highest one royalty is known as purple and the queen wearing the purple and the lowest one is the red it goes deep oh we definitely love to have you on again and go deeper on some of this stuff there's definitely quite a few more bullet points we'd love to talk about but we really really want to thank you for coming on and shedding some light no pun intended uh, <laughs> on some of the masses. I know you have a very good following on YouTube, but some of our listeners and followers might not have heard of you. Well, I really appreciate y'all letting me come here and hang out with y'all. I've been excited all day to speak with awesome. y'all. And thanks for letting me talk to feels good to get it off my chest, all the stuff in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a fantastic conversation, but before we sign off one more time, let our listeners know where they can find you and, again, any upcoming projects that you're working on. Yeah, you can find me just YouTube or Google Donut, and that's spelled D-O-E-N-U-T, like a donut like you're eating, but it's spelled differently, D-O-E-N-U-T. I just be putting out videos at least once a week on YouTube. I got private Patreon pages. I've been working on something for springtime, so that'll come out in springtime. <laughs> the book, that Illuminati book. I don't know if I'm going to do a book or a presentation. I don't know what to do. Uh, I kind of just do whatever is exciting at that moment. Just do a PowerPoint, and then you can print off the slides. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what I'll do. I'm going to do that. <laughs> a transcript and the slides, and then you have the whole shebang. <laughs> Again, we want to thank you for coming on and spending time with us and chatting about all the weird shit going on or possibly going on in our world. And Hushlings, check them out. Watch just an endless supply of YouTube videos to watch. And we want to thank you again for joining us on another installment of the Declassified Discussions. I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mr. Mike. And I'm Sick Frank Sanders. <laughs>